Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. How are we doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm excited to get into episode 10 of season five. Same here. And what we're going to be talking about today is Jehovah's story. Jehovah's story. So can you give us some background about this topic and why the heck are we learning about Jehovah's story? Yeah, right. Well, we have a compilation of 66 books written by as many as 35 different authors. It's a lot of books, a lot of authors. A lot of books, a lot of authors. What do we call this? We call this the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the Bible's filled with stories. And yet the Bible also covers one underlying story, which we call Jehovah's story. Yep. So first, let's get this out of the way. We refer to God the Father as Jehovah. We consider Jehovah like his first name. So for instance, I'm a man. My name is Joel. Jehovah is God. His name is Jehovah. I like it. So you'll hear us use Jehovah and God interchangeably. It'd be like saying man and Joel. You know, God and Jehovah, same person. We're talking about God the Father. And his first name being Jehovah. So this episode will cover Jehovah's underlying story, which is the most important of stories. And we'll see how it helps us understand God's will, which is the theme of this entire season. Excellent. Well, we're talking about topics that have caused damage in church. So I'm excited to hear how this has caused damage or disunity. So how has it, Pastor Joel? Well, due to a flawed belief and flawed doctrine of God, the church has largely missed out on the story that Jehovah is living and the part that humanity has, is, and will play in his story. It's either that or we just believe that we're too small and too insignificant to understand or to play a role in Jehovah's story. Okay. So what does this conflict look like in the church? So when we cover topics, there's a strict side, there's a loose side. So let's start with the strict side. What's the strict side of the perspective, PJ? Well, the strict side tells this story of God. One, an all-powerful being that's too big to understand created man in his image. Two, the people God created are sinful. And three, God will send his son to die for the sins of man, giving them the keys to heaven. Or God has sent his son to die. Mm -hmm. So there's these three parts that the strict side tells. The problem with this side is that really it becomes Jesus's story. Now, this puts all the focus on Christ. And we dismiss and forget about God, the Father's role in his own story. Really, we are missing the bigger story. Interesting. Now, don't get us wrong, people. Me and Jonathan love Jesus' story. 
But when you were talking about Jehovah's story and you zero in on just one part of it, it becomes Jesus's story and you miss out on God, the father's role here. Okay. Now notice the strict side can be summarized the previous four seasons and all the episodes in season five that we've done up to this point by this, the people on this side will tell you that you're a sinner. And that although you can't earn your salvation by works, you better do works to prove your salvation. That's the summarize, summarization of this entire side as it relates to everything we've covered so far. Now, in making Jehovah's story Jesus' story, the emphasis becomes sin and salvation, which the strict side we've seen can't explain anyways. And that's just one way people get hurt by church. Now, understanding Jehovah's story and God's will, how God makes things happen, would dissolve the abuse people get from church. Now, for example, God's will for salvation is God is the cause, he gets the credit, and humans are responsible. So if people understood God's will, even in this one area, People wouldn't get hurt in this area. God's will dissolves the damage that the church causes. So God, so God's will never involves hurt. Right, right. Okay. It's a great way to say it, yeah. How do people that hold the strict perspective support what they believe with the Bible? Well, I'll show you a verse that supports each of the three parts that that the strict side believes. You have the God, the create God's the creator part. You can see Genesis 1, verse 26. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. The middle part of that story, man is sinful, can be summarized or supported with Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then you have the third part of the story, Jesus paid for the sin of man with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So that would be an example of how I could support each part of the strict side story as it relates to God with the Bible. Got it. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? Well, first, I'd want to take a step back, and I would want to know what they believe a story is. And if given the chance, I'd share that every story has three required parts. One, you introduce the characters. Two, you introduce the conflict. And three, you resolve the conflict. That's the simplest model of what a story is. Characters, conflict, resolution. Mm -hmm. Now, this can be something very complex and long. Think Lord of the Rings. Mm. Huge epic story involves all three of those parts. Very complex, very long. Or it can be something as simple as a joke. For instance, why'd the chicken, that's the character, cross the road? That's the conflict. To get to the other side, that's the resolution. Why'd the chicken cross the road? (laughs) Yeah, to get to the other side, that is a story. 
So the strict side is essentially saying this. The characters of the story are God and man. The conflict of the story is man is sinful. And the resolution of the story is God sent his son to die and pay for our sins. Now, again, we're not refuting this. But this is just one part of a bigger story. This is really the middle of Jehovah's story. It is Jesus's story, which again is great, but it's not Jehovah's story. Hmm. So what I could do with the strict side, I could address each or any part of their version of Jehovah's story and determine which direction the conversation could go. If they bring up who is God, the creator, what is man and his sin? What is the redemption we receive from Christ? Any of those things that is really the middle part of Jehovah's story will tell me which way I can go to address the issue. Hmm. So whatever they bring up, I'll take the conversation that, because they're going to, whether they know it or not, they're going to be spending their time in the middle of Jehovah's story at that part, the gooey center that makes up what Jesus has done for us. In order to actually help them see the contradictions or help them understand Jehovah's story, I need to take whatever the whatever the topic they want to talk about and bring it to either the beginning or the end of Jehovah's story. In other words, to bring it from, from the middle to creation, the beginning, or to eternity, the end. Okay. So... Why does this work? No part of Jehovah's story is contradictory. If I take something from from the middle and I apply it to the beginning or to the end, it's a great way to check for contradictions. If something from the middle doesn't make sense in the beginning as to why God created everything, then we we need to remove or resolve the contradiction. If something from something we believe from the middle doesn't make sense for eternity, we need to remove the contradiction. So one of the things I've learned is that anyone can come up with an explanation for the doctrine behind the events in the middle of Jehovah's story. Okay. Think of all the major denominations of Christianity. That's what they've done. They mostly differentiate in their understanding and application of salvation. Think about it. Think about the major differences in the denominations of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Big topics like free will by works versus, you know, the free gift of salvation. Do I need to get baptized? Is that required for salvation? Do the gifts of the spirit show me whether I'm saved or not? Every one of those topics, even something as big as free free will, really comes down to how do you get saved? Does God choose me unilaterally or am I responsible for it? Do I work my way to heaven or does Jesus pave the way for me? Do I need to get baptized or not? These are all, you notice the denominations are all in the middle of Jehovah's story. None of the denominations are explaining why Jehovah created everything he created. None of the denominations are explaining what we'll do for eternity. All the denominations are arguing and basing their beliefs on how do I get saved? What do we believe about salvation? So the denominations prove that this side really doesn't understand the bigger story. They're focused on Jesus and 
only Jesus's story. And we're not saying you shouldn't be focused on Jesus, but they're only focused on Jesus's story. Hmm. Is this enough? Or is there more to God and his plan than just merely preventing us from burning in hell for eternity? It's really tough to explain the beginning and the end of the story. And this is really why people stay in the middle. Because the beginning and end of the story is where people's explanations about what God's intentions are just go to die. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, wow. So again, in dealing with people on the strict side, I could ask this. Now let's get back to how would I deal with them on the strict side? I could ask, how did Jehovah's story begin? In other words, why did he create everything? Notice how that brings the story to the beginning. Or I could ask this, how will Jehovah's story end? In other words, what will we be doing for eternity? Notice that takes it from the middle and puts it to the end of the story. Right. Now, all of this, all of this I've said so far hides a huge issue. The conflict of the story is hindering the goal. So what is Jehovah's goal? What is God's goal? According to the strict sides version of this story, God's goal is to bring us salvation. Remember, everything is rooted and grounded in salvation. Is that really God's goal? How does that explain what will happen in eternity? And was this his intention from the beginning? When God created everything, was it to save man from their sin? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of brings us, if it's all about Mm -hmm. salvation, so you're saying God's goal is to save a person, to save humanity. So that's why he created, when he said, let there be light, it was with the intention of, so that eventually I can save man from their sin. Man will sin and they will. Yeah, that's true. And then what will we be doing in eternity? Just sitting around, not being in hell? Yeah, being saved saved from our sins for all of eternity. Right. Hmm. So if salvation is the resolution, then everything has to go back to it's just being saved. The beginning of the story was pointing towards that. And the end of the story would be we're just saved. So the so at the yeah so at the beginning of the story it was uh we're creating humans to save humans so we're yeah. creating humans to be sinful to save them and right. then we'll they will be saved for all of eternity right which what's and, that look like when we've right. covered in the salvation episode that's just the that's a removal removal of a punishment right. it's not really a, there's not really a benefit to salvation it's a lack of a detriment. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like floating in like a white, cozy. Hey, as long as it's not hell. Yeah. Right. That's the point. It's not hell. That's what I'm doing for all of eternity. Well, that sounds kind of boring. It does. So is God's plan really just to save you? Then what? Then what? Do whatever. Leave you to your own devices. We did an entire See, we did an episode on salvation that was very important to this this topic, but we did an entire season asking the question, what happens after salvation? 
we know salvation is just the start of a person's walk with God. The reality is people can't explain God's goal, so they can't understand or explain God's story. And this is why you and I are talking about this. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So th this is, uh, it's really fun to be talking about this. This is like, this is doctorate level stuff. Totally. So this is really about God, the father, Jehovah's story, which is its own arc, which is yeah. its own character, conflict resolution yeah. that gets lost in the strict side with the work that Jesus has done. Right. And the focus becomes salvation, get saved, get saved, get saved, get saved, and stop. Yeah. Amazing. Jeez Louise. Are we sure we're not in the uh, Music of Life Church podcast right now? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. This it's is amazing. Stuff. Yeah, this is spectacular. I'm absolutely loving it. Well, before we jump in to the loose side, which I'm very looking for, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot. Let's take a call from, oh, look at that. It's from Crawley, Louisiana. It's got to be Pastor Rich. Go ahead, Pastor Rich. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, hello, Pastor Joel. Uh, how y'all doing? You know, uh, the answer that I was given growing up for God's goal was uh, we're made to glorify God. But the problem was they could never explain what that even looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the word glorify means to think well of. We definitely will think well of God for eternity. And no one is going to spend eternity with Jehovah if they aren't thinking well of him now. Okay, well, yeah, that 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 makes sense, Pastor Joel. Uh, that's not really what they meant, you know. I, I I think there is a lot of that going around. Pastor Rich, how are things going with your church? Well, <laughs> Pastor Jonathan, you know, I I took y'all's advice and admitted it is my fault that the church began and the loose side of the conjunctive. Oh, wow. How did the people respond? Well, actually, the, the church uh, has divided into three parts. Uh, there are the people who support me, the people who are against me, and a group that stuck in the middle just kind of breaks my heart. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm sad to be honest. I know it was the right thing to do. Uh, I, I, I do appreciate y'all's help. Uh, even though my dad may not say it, I, I know this is his favorite podcast. God bless you both. Wow. Thank you for the call, Pastor Rich. Ooh, things sound like they're getting tougher for Pastor Rich. Uh, he definitely did the right thing. Um, even though it doesn't feel great, even though and he doesn't feel great about it yet, 
but I think he did an excellent job contributing to our discussion today, Pastor Joel. It's hard, man. Yeah, I agree. You know, and if God's goal is that he is glorified, then a lot of people end up in eternal torment so God can be glorified. Interesting. Does that sound like a right and just goal to you? Hmm. No, man. Man, this whole conversation is just getting getting my wheels turning. Uh-huh. About what what this goal is. But I want to hear about the other side of the argument. So what is the loose perspective, Pastor Joel? Jehovah's story? God's story? He loves me. What else is there? That's it? That's it. Okay, so how have people been hurt by that? That sounds pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take nearly as long as unpacking the strict side. Definitely not. But we see people get hurt because Jehovah is our father and we dismiss him. We give him no respect. We give him no thought, let alone glory. This side is really doing their own goal and will miss out on eternity with Jehovah and they don't even realize it. It's a spoiler alert for you here. You wanted a little taste of the ultimate answer, PJ? Yeah. How we interact with Jehovah now proves whether we want to interact with him for eternity or not, because it's going to be more of the same in eternity. That's the goal. The goal, the goal, the spoiler goal. About how we interact with Jehovah. Interactions with Jehovah are at the root of the goal that Jehovah has. Oh, man, where are you going? So how would you interact with someone who held this loose perspective? Great. So I have like three ways that I deal with this person. You could choose their, there's levels of tension involved in each of them, some more than the others, but I could simply ask, what is Jehovah's story? And when they don't or can't answer, follow it up with, are you satisfied with knowing your father and creator in such a limited way? Hmm. Or are you sure you want to spend eternity and according to God's goal? Or are you helping or hurting God's work in accomplishing his goal? No, these are all unconscious confrontations. They may not know the answer to any of these, but they're great questions to ask. Because at this point, we're helping people by talking to their unconscious brain. Hmm. Their unconscious brain knows the answers to these questions, whether they consciously do. Sure. And that's why we're helping these people by asking these questions, because these people are tend to be on this this side of the of the argument tend to be only reachable through their unconscious brain. Okay. When you see this topic going on in the church, the strict side, the loose side, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you think is happening here, Pastor Joel? I see three groups of people. There's a group that I feel sorry for. These are people who don't know or even care to know Jehovah's story. And they are a part of his story, really more a part of the conflict than the resolution. But since they're quote unquote saved and God loves them, they're good. 
when really they're missing out on the benefit of having Jehovah as a father because they're doing their own plan. There's a group of people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who are frustrated with the lack of answers they're given about their creator because they feel a desire to help God accomplish his goal. That's where the frustration lies. I want to do this. No one's helping me do this. Yeah. I mean, this is the being that I'm being told I was created in his image and that I'm meant to love and worship, yet you can't tell me his story. Or when you try to, every explanation you give to me is contradictory. You know, it's the frustration within these right. questions. Yep, yep, yep. Is it a wonder these people leave the church? Then there's the people I'm impressed with. These are people who know Jehovah's story. They recognize their part in his story. And they make an intentional effort to facilitate the resolution of his story. So what is the ultimate answer? <laughs> the ultimate answer of Jehovah's story. Well, first there's the characters. We have Jehovah, the other spiritual beings, and humanity. Now, before we cover the conflict, let me bring you a roundabout way again. So you're going to have to be a little bit more patient. Because we need to understand Jehovah's goal. Here's a simple question to ask. How does the Bible end? You know, the way you summarize a movie in one sentence, how would you summarize the ending of the Bible? Now, most people say good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. Actually, both halves of that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you don't believe me, just read the last four chapters of Revelation. Oh, okay. I see. And, I see what and, you did there. And I'm actually, that, that's actually an encouragement, not just a challenge for those people who wonder where I'm getting the information, but an encouragement as well. A challenge and an encouragement. Read the last four chapters of Revelation. I know people think Revelation's hard to understand, but the last four chapters actually read like a movie script. Mm -hmm. What do we see? Jehovah creates a new heaven and a new earth, and then a new Jerusalem, which is called the Bride of Christ. Good people will live in the new Jerusalem on a new earth with Jehovah. He created us so he could hang out with a group of people for eternity, for fellowship. Hmm. Bad people will live forever in the lake of fire. The Bible even talks about how hell was cast into the lake of fire. So right. again, bad people won't end up in hell. They'll end up in the lake of fire. So let's look at the conflict or what is hindering this goal. The goal is what? The goal is... He created us so we could hang out with a group, so he could hang out with a group of people for eternity, for fellowship. The conflict. Jehovah is only able to achieve this goal with and through people who are righteous. And PJ, people do not want to be righteous. No. Throughout the Bible, when people get into groups, they consistently sink to the lowest thought process and reject Jehovah, who's the person looking out for these people the most. The resolution? 
we're still living it. There will be a judgment day that objectively determines who is righteous and who is not. The end result, we all choose our own final destination. Hmm. So let me give it just a quick summary of the ultimate answer. Because I know, again, that was a lot. Characters. Jehovah, the other spiritual beings, and humanity. The conflict. Jehovah is only able to achieve his goal of interacting with the group of people for eternity through people who are righteous. And people do not want to be righteous. Resolution. God will achieve his goal. We decide whether or not we will be in it. So we're actually still experiencing the resolution. Notice how God's goal, Jehovah's goal, is paramount to understanding the characters, the conflict, the resolution. Yeah, it's to be in fellowship with us. Yeah. Yes. Fellowship with a group of people for eternity. Yeah. So you see the characters play a role in that. You see the conflict is hindering that. And you see the resolution is how is that going to be achieved? Which brings me to the most important topic, point of this topic for us. How do we choose our final destination? Hmm, nice. Okay. Well, here's the summary explanation of all the episodes prior to this. So if you have a problem with what I'm about to say, if you have a problem with what I'm about to say, listen to the earlier seasons and listen to the other nine episodes in season five. And you'll likely have a problem with one of those episodes. Right, and right. we'll talk about this on a more yeah. simple basis. Yeah, yeah. But that at least that will be a good place to start. This isn't the place to start with disagreeing <laughs> with us. Okay, cool. But here's the summary explanation of everything before now, based in two questions. One, am I a person who will live according to my own plan? Or am I a person who will kill my own plan and allow God to do his plan through me by me growing in grace via the Holy Spirit? Okay, so with this whole with this whole righteousness, um, you know, choosing our, our destination by yeah. being righteous, we could say, am I a person who will live according to my own unrighteous plan? Yes. Or am I a person who will kill my own unrighteous plan and allow God to do his righteous plan through me? Yes. Okay. And we do that by growing in grace via the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Okay. So that's really how we choose our final destination is one or the other. Because my plan for all of eternity would be in opposition to God's plan for all of eternity. Absolutely. Okay. As well-intentioned as you are. It's an unrighteous if, plan. If you're doing a plan that's not God's plan, you're hindering God's plan. Got it. So to summarize Jehovah's story, we see it's really about how Jehovah has been and continues to be rejected by the very people he's trying to help. But eventually ends up spending eternity hanging out in fellowship 
with the select group of righteous people. We even see Paul and Jesus give us examples of what this looks like to share in and be a part of Jehovah's story. Paul and Jesus both lived according to the influence from the Father via the Holy Spirit. They also both experienced active opposition to their respective missions, missions that were righteous and facilitated God's goal. Paul and Jesus were both persecuted and rejected by religious authorities, the people everybody else thought represented God. They were persecuted because the groups of people they spoke to felt uncomfortable and different, taking that to be wrong and bad. Nice. boy. Really, they were persecuted because they were good, because they were righteous, because they spoke truth. All of that can be said about Jehovah himself. Nice. Tips for applying this topic. Number one, write out what you believe Jehovah's story is. Write it out in your own words. If you need help from what we just all shared, go ahead and use the help. But write out his story and share it with him. Also, check out Daniel chapter 9, Ezra chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9, and Acts chapter 7 with Stephen. These are all instances in the Bible where someone else told Jehovah's story. Read them and see if you can find Jehovah's story yourself within these chapters. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.